Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show, live on YouTube or on your podcast player. I am Dave DeFord, joined by Mo DeKeel for a little nerder version. Seven, eight play-in games, Mo. We got to jump right in because this was ugly basketball, especially the late game. The Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves, their 19th game this season where they've blown a 10 or more point lead in a loss in overtime. And, and Mo, this is this typical Timberwolves down the stretch. They just fell apart. Oh, I mean, they absolutely did. But just, Dave, nobody won this game. Nobody won this well, we game. we all at lost. The, we, we all lost at the end of the day. Nobody won this game. But, yeah, the Wolves really had a chance. They looked really good in the first half, despite the fact that Anthony Edwards was having a really terrible game. Mike Connolly was awesome. Carl uh, Anthony Towns was really good, and he looked like he was really in control in that first half. They put up 60 points. They looked solid. They brought back. You know, they came back. You know, the Lakers gave him a big punch in the second quarter. They withstood it and made a run. Like, I was very impressed with them. And then the second half happened. Well, let's start at the beginning of the game because I actually thought the first possession of the game highlighted Rudy Gobert's absence. The Lakers got four shots on the opening possession. And so right away, you know, hey, look, they're playing big inside. They're they're going to attack the glass. And no Gobert certainly was going to hurt the, the Timberwolves all night. But then Carl Anthony Towns stepped up. He had nine points in that first quarter, was 4-4, was very aggressive. And the Wolves overall, five of nine from, from three in that quarter, just shot the lights out, but it started with Carl Anthony Towns. He had a great game, as you mentioned, finishes up with 24 points, a game-high plus 19 on the game in 41 minutes. It was those other seven minutes. And, and frankly, Mo, the, the game shifted when he got into foul trouble. It happened in the first half. He picked up two fouls. He picked up that third early in the second half. And then once he drew that fourth foul, the the what I thought was an offensive foul on LeBron leading with the elbow. They hand him the fourth foul. He leaves the game, comes back, and then just immediately picks up the fifth foul in the fourth. It was a dumb fifth foul to pick up, right? And you're right. The fourth foul was really the one that was like, what are we doing here with this foul call? But as soon as he picked up that fifth foul, it's just like, come on, man. Like, this is just, you have to be smarter than that if you're Carl Anthony Towns. But the one thing we've known, Davis, he's not that smart. The emotions get the best of him. He, we've seen this from him literally last year in the playoffs against Memphis, where he makes dumb fouls and things like that. Like, you often complain to me about coaches fouling out their players. With Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Finch has to foul him out. Because he's going to foul out. I'm shocked he didn't. 
foul out in this one uh and and stayed stayed in throughout but like you got to be careful with that and that and you're right as soon as he picked up the fifth foul it was the turning point for the entire game yeah and again the the lakers just went on runs every time he hit the bench when he when he picked up those two fouls they went on a 12-2 run now when he comes back in the wolves closed the first half on a 14-2 run and it looked like okay they weathered the storm the early storm from the lakers took an 11 point lead into halftime Third quarter was more of the same until Carl Anthony Towns went to the bench, and then it was another rough stretch for Anthony Edwards in a game that was just one of the worst I've ever seen in Mo uh, from him. Three of seventeen from the field, zero of nine from three. You know the defense was there; he was playing defense, had three blocks, was all over the place, but he just looked completely flat on offense, and ultimately that's what sunk the Timberwolves. I mean, he the flat on offense is a is actually a compliment to how bad he was offensively in this game. I felt like when you were watching him, it was almost like, man, what's he doing? And then just to really go beyond just Anthony Edwards, the entire Wolves offense in the fourth quarter made zero sense to me. I know they were struggling without Carl Anthony, with Carl Anthony Towns on the bench and Edwards not playing well, but there was no structure to it. There wasn't really anything that made sense that they were running offensively. They weren't attacking the right guys. You know, they're, they're trying to put AD in the pick and roll. Like, I don't know, maybe stay away from the Lakers best defensive player at this point. And they just kept making dumb, dumb decisions. And more importantly, they were playing so slow, Dave. It was killing me. I was screaming at the TV, go and play faster, play faster. Don't be afraid of playing in transition. You can run on this Laker team because they're not going to be a great transition defense team. And they just would not take advantage of that. Yeah, one of our pet peeves is down the stretch. Teams tend to go away from the thing that has given them success for the majority of the game. Timberwolves just completely fell apart in their half-court offense. They played, they ran no plays often just like weaving the ball in and out and doing nothing. A lot of late shot clock, bad looks. It was just awful offense. And credit to the Lakers. They played them tough. They they were physical inside, and they forced them into 20 turnovers. Now, the Lakers also committed 20 turnovers, but they forced the Timberwolves into 20 turnovers. And ultimately, the, the Timberwolves shot themselves in the foot, allowed the Lakers back into this game. They scored 16 points, in the fourth quarter in overtime. That's just, it's I, never going to get it done. I mean, it's it's just absolutely dumb. The most important thing for the Lakers, what really got them going, was running off of misses in transition. They, excuse me, misses in turnovers. They got the ball, boom, going up the court and flying up the court. That's what got them back into this game. And I felt like that's what led for them to really really just spearheaded this comeback where they were able to roll through in that sense. Even they had to play faster. There were times where I was looking at both teams going like, you guys got to play in transition because neither you are good enough in the half court. But Dave, we do have to start talking about the end of this game, the end of the fourth quarter at the very least. Okay. It it got, it got a little nuts. Again, cat picks up his fifth foul. Lakers go on a seven Oh run immediately. So the Lakers are right back in it. They continuously fight back. Tie ball game. Lakers have the ball. 32 seconds left. And Tarion Prince gets a steal on the inbound. He's fouled by LeBron. I, I don't know, Mo. It, it feels like, was it were we splitting hairs there trying to figure out if it was clear path? How did it feel to you? It felt like, to me, LeBron making a play on the ball gets the foul. 
I felt like Torian Prince did not have possession of the ball. So I don't know if you can call that a clear path foul in that sense. It's a loose ball foul. It was a foul. You can't dive at a guy's knees. And more importantly, if LeBron's really going to be upset about that, let's go rewind the tape of when he was pissed off that Solomon Hill dove at his legs. You know, and I think those those are the important things there. And I think that one right there was wild. But what was crazy was just the Lakers' inability to inbound the ball because they nearly blew this game off of that. But let's go. But we're, I fast we'll, forward we'll a there. little bit. Well, we'll let's, let's go. Again. It's just wild. It's a wild game. Okay, so the ensuing possession for the Minnesota Timberwolves in a tie game, you think, okay, they've got a play set up. No, they don't. Kyle Anderson's dribbling the ball to nowhere, guarded by Anthony Davis. And by the way, Anthony Davis was fantastic in this game. We'll get to him uh, in a minute. But he just... He forces him to dribble it off his foot, but with very little pressure, Mo, and he dribbles the ball off his foot into a backcourt violation. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Anthony Edwards was terrible, so I wouldn't want him on the ball. But Mike Conley was pretty damn good in this game. Maybe he should be running the pick and roll with Carl Anthony Towns. And also, why are you trying to go at the switch to AD? I know you're trying to get AD off of towns but i didn't feel like this was really the smart play with what they were doing i would have put Connolly in the action instead of kyle anderson in that so it was just crazy we went from turnover to dumb turnover after that well something we've we talked about quite a bit is sometimes matchup hunting can throw you out of your game plan completely and i mean when if you're stuck end of game in a game where mike Connolly is just on a heater i mean six of eight from three in this game had 23 points and he was hitting everything and you're sticking him in the corner now, that's great on a sideline out of bounds, but uh, down the stretch, he, he needed to have the ball in his hands a little bit, especially because Ant didn't have it going. So you have a back backcourt violation. Final possession for the Lakers leads to a Dennis Schroeder corner three to put the Lakers up three with less than two seconds left. Sideline out of bounds play for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Finds Mike Conley in the corner for a three, and he gets fouled by AD. I mean, you know what's kind of funny? It's like this is the sort of stuff that the we've seen throughout the course of the season, end of game plays where teams often are throwing it to the weak side now. Like this has been the theme all year. So like you, you see that one and it's wild. And Conley got a pretty good look and AD just ran him over. Like yeah. I don't, I mean, it was a foul. There's nothing else to say with it. It was just like you're looking at this going like, okay, this game's over. And then they make an unbelievable pass with the good defense on the on the inbounder, and then the, you you foul. It's just like oh god, the Lakers, the the Wolves tried to give it to the Lakers. The Lakers were like, no no no, we want you to have it. And yeah, I think and we had, that's how we got five more minutes of basketball. Well, Conley stuck all three ice in his veins, and he and barely no no not ice in his vein because that first free throw, the first no no, we scary. can't let him off the hook. <laughs> that first free throw was a miss, and by the act of God, that ball hit the front rim and then bounced and rolled in. It was an amazing shooter's free bounce, throw. shooter's bounce. We we don't we don't we don't think about those. So uh, we get to overtime where the Lakers controlled the action again. Anthony Anthony Edwards was just awful down the stretch. Continue to run nothing. They were so slow, even in overtime. I mean, these guys have, they've dealt with quite a bit uh, here recently. Obviously, internal stuff, injuries. They had this weird stomach flu that was going through the team. I mean, these guys, they looked dead tired by the time they got to overtime. And all the starters played over 40 minutes. So, deservedly so. They, they deserve to be tired. They earned it. Um, but they looked tired. So, let's go down to the end of overtime. Down three 
with under 20 seconds left, and Mike Connolly gets a steal for the Timberwolves on an inbound. We have an exciting play. Passes to Anthony Edwards, who finds Torian Prince, who's kind of open for a transition three, and he just misses a good look. And you know what? That happens. It, but they they did fight till the end, Mo. Oh, I mean, I thought this game was over. And then the Lakers, they, once again, can't inbound the ball off a sideline out of bounds play. Just wild there. And I thought Torian Prince's shot was going down. I don't know about you. But when that like one it. went up, I was like, oh, we're going to double overtime. It yeah. was pretty insane just that that was a possibility across the board. I mean, the Lakers got away with one this in this one. They, they were not very good. Could not shoot it well from three. The defense got better. They got going a little bit, forced the turnovers, and pushed in transition. But, man, this was a really sloppy affair for the Lakers, but an important win in the fact that at least they get to rest a little bit before they take on Memphis. Yeah, big game for Dennis Schroeder off the, off the bench with 21 points. Uh, Rui Hachimura was good in this game. He closed down the stretch. He was in there for Jared Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's defense was great, but the offense was just killing him. And Anthony Davis was was spectacular, I thought. 24 points, 15 rebounds, a couple of steals, had three blocks, but just huge minutes for him the entire game and just came up, especially down the stretch. I thought he asserted himself physically in overtime. And with Carl Anthony Towns having five fouls, it was just easy for Anthony Davis. Yeah, just easy to attack there. I thought the most interesting thing and the smartest move Darvin Ham made all game was removing D'Angelo Russell out of the lineup in the fourth quarter and benched him almost for the entire game. He was in on that last play that Schroeder scored on. But like, because D'Lo was awful, Dave. Awful. I thought he was playing for the Wolves. He was so bad in the way he was playing. It was just like, this is kind of ridiculous. Um, but that was probably the biggest play that Darvin Ham made in this game for the Lakers and to push them forward. At LeBron had 30 in this game. Um, I, I it, it was not a gave really good 40. half. Yeah, and it was not a good 40, ha- like. first half for him. I thought his defense was better in the second half, but not by much. He was, this was a weird LeBron game. I mean, this maybe not a weird game because he's old, but he looked old in this game, I thought, Mo. Just a step slow. Kyle Anderson really just took advantage of him in, in the first half of this game when Kyle Anderson was having a good game. But I just didn't like what I saw out of LeBron. I felt like, you know, a lot of people are going to say he kept a minute offensively, but I thought he kind of messed up their flow at times in the first half. Yeah, there were times where he would come off of a screen or a dribble handoff, or if he just went through the screen, he had an opportunity to drive. And and he was driving a little bit more in this game than we're used to seeing. But a lot of times he would come off and stop, and the defense would catch up to him. There's a lot of things about that. I think defensively he was just not good. And I think that's just something the Lakers have to get used to is he's just not going to be that guy defensively as he used to. Made some big blocks, bl- made some big blocks here and there, but ultimately he's not going to be a guy you can really count on. I mean, shoot, he was finished minus 14 in the plus minus. And I know we don't go nuts on the individual stuff in plus minus, but that's a pretty big number for LeBron in a game that they win. Yep. And now they move on. They'll they'll face the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs. And the Timberwolves will face the winner of the 9-10 matchup, which is tomorrow night. Um, Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Broker dealer. Mo, we should probably move on to the early game, which a little less complicated than the late game. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks handled their business against the Miami Heat 116-105. They nearly blew a huge lead, but they held on to, to just move on and face the Boston Celtics, which is not a fun task for them. But they had a, at one point a 24-point lead in this game. And the story of this game, Mo is that the Miami Heat were just too damn small for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I mean, forget handled. They got manhandled. Like, that was the thing. The Hawks came in there and were the much more physical team. Listen, they got, I'm reading the numbers, 22 offensive rebounds to six offensive rebounds for the the Heat. That led to a 26-6 to disparity in second chance points. The Heat had... 46 points in the paint the Hawks had 64 like they just got brutalized in the paint every time the heat came up with a stop they gave up an offensive rebound and that led to a bucket for the Hawks and I felt like this is one of those things where every time there was a run that's what killed them and that's what stopped their run for a lot of this game which which kind of stopped any chance of them to come back because they were threatening to make a comeback throughout the course of this game and you know Kyle Lowry did a great job keeping them in it but they just could not close I I love the way that the Hawks started this game I mean they had 11 assists in the first quarter Trey was plus 10 in his minutes was really calm and patient I thought probing looking looking for guys and trying to get them going early on they had 18 assists in the first half they started out, they played faster than what we're used to, Mo. And I know we criticize Trey Young a lot for what he does away from the ball, but I did think his his activity in the first half of this game, he was using his gravity, drawing away defense, and they got success playing faster and him not standing still. Yeah, I thought this was a good game. And they were putting him in actions like the Spain pick and roll where he was the backside screener and then popping out. I thought like they did some smart things there. You know, to, to really kind of get the defense moving and get him involved in the offense, even when he didn't have the ball. You know, and and early on, a lot of just great dishes off the the uh, the pick and roll, making opportunities for other guys, hitting Collins for a three, things like that, getting a lot of movement and, and just actions, which is something that's been missing from the Hawks' offense throughout the course of the game. And I mean, he didn't shoot it all that well. I mean, one to eight from three, but ultimately, like just he controlled the game well enough 
And I don't think the Heat did a good good enough job attacking him defensively. And I think those kinds of things worked perfectly in the Hawks' favor. Yeah, but he was good inside. And his little floater game was on point completely in this game. And it opened up a lot of stuff for, for their offense. But I mentioned it was a game about their bigs. And it was. Clint Capella dominated in this game. He had 21 rebounds. He was all over the place, Mo. He was getting deflections, just making plays. He had a play where he grabbed an offensive rebound. He gets kind of bumped, was falling out of bounds, finds a cutting Bogdan Bogdanovich for a dunk. I mean, this was a play where you just see a combination of skill, athleticism, conditioning. It was late in the game and, and a little bit of will there where he just was determined not to make a bad pass. But they're all of their bigs were excellent at 50-50 balls, second chance stuff. Hustle plays. Uh, Jalen Johnson and Onyeka Okwangu off the bench combined for 29 points, Mo. Yeah, no, they were just unbelievable. But I want to go back to Capella because I think he set the tone defensively for them. He had back-to-back blocks on Jimmy Butler at the rim in the first half. And I think from there, it was almost like, no, we're here. We're locking up tonight. And that's a change for the Hawks. The Hawks are not a good defensive team in any way, shape, or form. And I think that was kind of setting the tone there. And then, like you said, Okongwu and Johnson coming in off the bench kind of kept the vibe going across the board. Okongwu had a monster block on Bam Adebayo that led, led to a jump ball. And I think just in general, they just crushed the heat. Like, it was pretty impressed. I, to be honest, I didn't think the, the Hawks had much of a chance. I thought the Heat were going to win this game. I was pretty impressed with the fact, the way the Hawks came out and were just so damn physical. Yeah, and the Heat just could not find any offense whatsoever. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 6 of 19. Mo, I don't remember Jimmy Butler missing this many shots in the paint in a game ever. But he was Not even in the paint, in the rim. At the dominated. rim. At yeah. the rim, it was some of these were layups. There were opportunities. There were times where he got fouled where I'm like, that's normally an and one for Jimmy. Like he just got completely crushed. And then there were situations where then he would second guess himself. There was a play where earlier they scored on an empty side pick and roll and put Trey Young in the action. The next time down they run it, Gabe Vincent hits him with a pass that's a wide open jumper. He passes up on it, gets himself into trouble hands Kyle Lowry a hand grenade, and then that shot gets blocked by DeJounte Murray. The next possession down for the Hawks, it's a Trey Young three. That's a massive swing for them, and those are the things that kill runs. Yeah, uh, Bam Adebayo just didn't do much for them offensively. Did have a really nice game on the defensive end. Three steals, a couple of blocks, but just, again, they just weren't big enough. He needed another big body down there to help him out. Uh, the hero of this game for Miami, kept him in it was Kyle Lowry somehow scored 33 points. That's the season high for him. The most he'd scored was 28 points previously this season. Had was 6 of 9 from 3. Had 19 first half points, Mo, and went on a little 5-0 run at the at the end of the first half that I thought kept them in it going into the second half because the Hawks threatened to blow this thing out going into halftime. This should have been a blowout, but then Lowry came in and really stepped up like for the first time since he's been in a Miami uniform at this point, it feels. And I, that 5-0 run was massive, Dave, even though they ended up fouling Young at the end of the half and, and giving him free throws. That still was a big possession just because it got them going because it led to Tyler Hero going on a bit of a run to start the second half. And that's where you started to feel like, OK, maybe the Heat are going to be able to creep their way back into this game. Lowry couldn't do anything else. 
he was absolutely phenomenal. I think this one rests on the shoulders of Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Like those guys got to step up offensively. Like they carry the massive load for this team and they weren't able to perform tonight. Well, the Miami Heat await the winner of the 9-10 matchup in the East. And uh, I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for the Chicago Bulls in that one, Bo. How about you? I have no rooting interest. I hate every team. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us over there, go and find the Athletic NBA show. Subscribe to our page. Check it out. We're going to be live with the Daily Ding every night during the playoffs and maybe even next year, too. We'll see how it goes. But for Moda Keel... Making promises, Dave. <laughs> that's right. We don't like to do that. For Moda Keel, I'm Dave DeFore, and this has been the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Mo, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. We're going to the exit I am. I've been looking for it. I had to find it. <laughs> I, I literally was like, where is this? <laughs> <laughs>